up, nerds? ESPN Plus, the ESPN But this was a lost season for the Jets. I did not see a single thing this year that makes you excited to build upon. You, you hired somebody that doesn't even understand what an SC Trojan is all about. Like, stop! Hi, I'm Brian Barnhart, voice of the Fighting Illini, and this is your home for Fighting Illini Sports. 98.9, the game. And now, broadcasting live and local, from the 98.9 The Game Studios in Effingham, Illinois, it's the starting lineup with Travis Sparks. My name is Travis Sparks, and I cheer for Illinois Athletics, and I obviously do not deserve good things. And Eric Fry. I have honestly no idea. It's the starting lineup on 98.9 The Game. What's up out there? Welcome to the another glorious Monday here, start of a new week here on ESPN Radio. This is the uh, starting lineup. Travis Sparks, Eric Fry, hanging out with you for the next hour or so here on Terrestrial Radio, and then we switch things over to the uh, podcast feed. And we got a good show for you lined up as always. Post a Monday, we got some local sports to talk about. Local sports season winding down, and we'll talk about a St. Anthony at the state tournament this weekend. And we'll also take a look at today's matchups as well. We got some super sectional matchups to take a look at in baseball and softball as well. We'll hit up on some major league baseball as well. Oof, rough weekend. For the uh, Cardinals in Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. Mm. And uh, we'll talk about that. And we'll explore what else happened in MLB uh, this weekend. We'll also uh, take a look at the uh, Stanley Cup Game 1. As uh, that happened on uh, Saturday. Vegas took care of business there in honor of their biggest fan, Jason Fitz. And they got it done for him mm-hmm. on his birthday in Game 1. So we'll take a look at that. And, uh, of course, we'll hit up on the NBA Finals as well. And it's the post-weekend, of course, so we got to get to uh, the uh, top three moments from the uh, sports weekend. And also uh, coming up we'll uh, in the podcast, we'll have NASCAR to talk about and NASCAR Pick'em to recap as well as someone here on the show. First-hand knowledge there yeah. on the ground, boots on the ground. Yesterday at that NASCAR race at yep. Worldwide. So we'll explore that. Look forward to it. And see how that went yesterday. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's all coming up here. And uh, whatever we don't get to here on the Treasure Show, we'll find in the uh, podcast, wherever you find your favorite podcasts. And, of course, the start of lineup is brought to you by McMahon Meets, Tingley Insurance Agency, Wet Pools and Spas, Worth Computer Repair, and Teutopolis State Bank. All right, so we got a lot to get to here on this Monday morning, and uh, so let's jump right into it, and let's hit it up with what we always do, and we're starting off with First Things First. Before we get into the show, 
first things first. Last night it was uh, game number two uh, there in uh, Denver as the Nuggets, they had this one up until the uh, fourth quarter, mm -hmm. and it was a uh, feverish comeback there by uh, the Miami Heat as uh, they uh, get it done there as Jamal Murray's slate three rimmed out there with a the tie, but it was Miami picking up the win, 111-2, thanks to that comeback in the uh, fourth quarter. Yeah, 15-point deficit they were behind, Travis, and uh, tied the finals up at one apiece. It's their seventh double-digit comeback win this postseason, tied for the most in a single postseason the last 25 years. Three, Two out of the four previous three teams won the title, and three, uh, two out of the previous three teams were also Heat teams. As the Heat did it in 2012, they had seven double-digit comeback wins. And in 2011, they won the title in 2012. The Warriors also last year had seven uh, comeback wins uh, as well, and they won the title as well. Heat were an eight-point underdog in Game 2, giving them their 10th upset win of the postseason. That breaks a tie with the 2020 Heat and the 95 Rockets for the most by any team in the last 30 postseasons. And Travis, Sunday marked Miami's 28th win by five points or fewer this season. That is one shy of the most in a season in NBA history. Got to go all the way back to 1980 when the 76ers had 29 wins by five points or fewer. Uh, the Heat were also plus 16 in the half court thanks to their three-point shooting. That's something we talked about in game one, uh, you know, and their three-point shooting yeah, was, was much better, better yeah. in game 17 two. 17 threes. Yeah. 49%. They were 49% from the field in the half court. One of six in the half court as well. And uh, three-point, as you mentioned, uh, overall, they were 17 of 35 in game two after being 13 of 39 in game three. Uh, Bam also did his part defensively as he held Jokic to 8 of 18 shooting as a primary defender. Jokic, by the way, shot 7 of 8 versus all other Heat defenders. So Bam doing it on the defensive side. And then you can't talk about this win, Travis, without uh, talking about Strauss and Vincent. They both struggled in the first game. They did, yeah. Came out and shot so much better. Were big contributors. Those two had 37 points as well. And Duncan Robinson also had a big uh, role in the comeback as he outscored the Nuggets 10 to 2. Yes, Duncan Robinson outscored the Nuggets 10 to 2 from 11:40 to 9:44 in the fourth quarter. Uh, mm -hmm. Entering that stretch, the Heat trailed by five. They led by three after that stretch. So <laughs> yeah. It was a 17-5 run mm -hmm. in the first three minutes of the fourth. Now, here's what I'm going to say, Travis. Give give credit to the Heat, but Jokic lost this game. Ooh, you're going to put it on Jokic? I am. You want to know why? Yeah, 41 points. The Nuggets are 0-4 in Jokic's playoff career when he scores 40 points. They have never won when he scores 40. Hmm. So I'm blaming the, blaming the Joker. That ties the longest individual losing streak in 40-point games in playoff history, and Jokic is the only player to lose his first four career 40-point playoff games. Hmm. You know who Not else uh, is is had four losses? No, Luca. Hmm. Yep. So Luca, <laughs> uh, Jokic did great, but he should have stopped at 39. Stop 40. <laughs> yeah, he didn't need to get the 40. The Nuggets lose when he scores 40. Think about game uh, one, Travis. It wasn't Lucas scoring that won the game. It was his assisting. Yeah. How many did he have last night? He had, uh, he had only had four. Mm-hmm. Wow. Mm-hmm. As, as mentioned here, Travis, the Heat turned Jokic into a primary scorer in game two, and it worked for Miami. 
Jokic attempted yeah. five shots after five dribbles in game two, tied for the most in a game this postseason, tied for his second most in any game this season. They made him shoot. Yeah. And it worked. Right, yeah, when you talk about somebody changing up their defense, oh, well, he, they did change it up, and he did end up scoring 41. Mm-hmm. And you don't think that that's very good, but in actuality, if you look at it from the analytics and they yep. took away other parts of his game, yep. Yep. Uh, that he's so great at as well. So, As we mentioned, Travis, Jokic took five shots after five dribbles in that game. He has taken five shots after five dribbles in a game twice now this postseason. Nuggets lost both of those games. Well, what about six dribbles and eight dribbles? You know what I'm saying, Travis. <laughs> uh, According to Second Spectrum, since you're going to bring that up, Jokic averaged 2.07 dribbles before a shot attempt on Sunday, his third highest average in a playoff game in his career. He averaged two dribbles before a shot attempt four times in this playoff in his playoff career. He's lost three of those four games. <laughs> Don't let Jokic dribble. Uh, what are we doing That's here? That's not his game. <laughs> what are we doing here? The Heat let him score. Uh, I and mean, it worked. It definitely worked. They let no him doubt. score. Jokic needs to realize this. Hmm, and and the Nuggets need to realize this. Take less dribbles. Take less dribbles and look for passing. Yeah. The Heat basically said, Jokic, and, and it's what I've said before in games like this. Jokic, you're going to get yours. We're going to let you get yours. Someone else beat us. Yeah. And last night, no one else could beat him. Yeah, and I think one of the biggest issues uh, for the Nuggets we saw in a game one was how uh, not great they've been in the fourth mm-hmm. quarter. You just took it in game one. You took it as though they had a big lead, so they kind of took their foot off the gas pedal a little bit, and they did the same thing here. And it just so happens that Miami's three-point shooting was on it, and Duncan Robinson was uh, balling out, and they didn't have a great fourth quarter in game two. So maybe that's concerning for this point forward of their poor performances when it matters most. Uh, Jimmy Butler, he had 14 points through the first uh, three quarters, and mm-hmm. he struggled a little bit efficient-wise. Uh, but then he had eight points there in the fourth quarter, along with Duncan Robinson, who had a great fourth quarter, as we mentioned. So, And again, Travis, in game one, the Nuggets off of Jokic passes were 14 of 19. Mm-hmm. They shot 74% off of his passes. They were 3 of 7 from 3. Last night, they were 4 of 9 off his passes for 44%, 1 of 5 from 3. He was not looking to pass the ball. Yeah, he only had 9 those... assist opportunities. Not assist, 9 assist opportunities. Yeah, those lanes were just weren't there. They just weren't there. In game one, Jamal Murray scored 21 points when Jokic was on the floor compared to five when he was off the floor. In game two, Murray only scored 10 points when Jokic was on the floor, eight when Jokic was off the floor. Murray was almost better with Jokic off the floor than he was on the floor. I don't know what this was, Travis. I'm, I'm going to say it, and I'm probably going to get hate, and that's okay. Last night, Jokic was a little selfish. He needed to be looking to pass. This Nuggets team is better when he is trying to pass the ball. When he's getting triple doubles, they win. It's that simple. Yeah. And the Heat last night said, Jokic, score your points. Go ahead, take your shots. We know that you cannot beat us on on your own. Jokic Mm -hmm. is not LeBron. As good as he is, and he is great, and he is a generational talent. Mm 
but he he cannot win a game on his own. Hmm. He cannot oh, yeah. win a game putting up 45, 50 points. It clearly shows. Yeah, for sure. Um, but, you know, the Michael Porter Jr. had a good game one. He struggled here in game two. It's only one for six from beyond the arc, and he only ended up with five points. Caldwell Pope there was one for four from the field. Jamal Murray was three for eight from beyond the arc. So, I mean, his teammates just weren't. Just but weren't he wasn't passing his... it to him. He was four of nine. They were four of nine on his past time. He only attempted nine assist opportunities. He only had nine assist opportunities compared to 19 in game one. That's 10 less passes he's making, Travis. Yes, he wa- they weren't shooting well, but he wasn't looking for them. Everything looked fine up until the fourth quarter. He wasn't looking for them. Mm. I will put this loss on Jokic. <laughs> I think that's a little too harsh. I don't it's care. It's the whole defense as a whole there in the fourth quarter. Don't care. So You can call it harsh. I call it the hard truth. Mm. So this is, in fact, a series as this is the first time that the uh, Nuggets have lost at home. Yep. And uh, the series doesn't start until the road team wins. Correct. And now it's a series as uh, Denver was 11-0 and in these playoffs when leading by double digits at any point during the game. And they were last night. They were up 15 at one point. And they're also 37-1 and this season overall when leading by eight going into the fourth quarter. And, well. We all know what happened there. And game three will be on Wednesday as the series shifts to Miami. So uh, clearly the uh, Nuggets need to adjusting in the second half. And uh, Mr. Uh, Mike Malone was very uh, critical of the Nuggets uh, effort after last night's game, making some Mm -hmm. uh, comments there. And so uh, we'll have to monitor that uh, going forward in the game three. But again, what else is he going to say? He's not going to rip into Jokic. Which is, again, who I think he should have ripped into. I think the two-time MVP can get one game where he scores 41 and the coach not rip him and not put it all on him. They're 0 for 4 when he scores 40, Travis. He didn't pass the ball. So you're not. So you're gonna tell him to not score forty points just because some stupid stat says that he's oh they're zero for four when he scores forty. Don't score thirty. Don't score forty. You got thirty nine. We'll just stay you for the rest of the game. He is better when he gets triple doubles, Travis. Not just number wise. He helps his teammates when he's looking to pass. His scoring opportunities are there. He took it away. He took it away. Yeah. Didn't adjust to it. Exactly. That's why I'm saying it's on Jokic. <sighs> he didn't look to pass. You can credit the Heat defense, and, and I'll give credit to the Heat defense, but Jokic was looking to score first, and that is not the way this Nuggets team is made up. Hmm. When they've been know. successful this postseason, it's because he's having triple doubles, not because he's putting up 40 points. Yeah, that's, that's true. I mean, you're... It's better. They are better when triple doubles, but the assists just weren't there uh, last night. So uh, we'll see uh, what happens in a game three on Wednesday, 7:30. And currently, it's Denver's favorite by two and a half on the road. But again, that line is made up, and already it's to Wednesday, so right. I really put too much stock into that. So. 
Game number two in the uh, books for the NBA Finals and a game one happened on a Saturday for the uh, Stanley Cup Finals. We'll talk about that coming up a little bit later. We might have to get to it in the uh, podcast, but right now we got to talk about some uh, local sports when we come back. Some softball there for St. Anthony up at State in Peoria and also uh, the Hearts moving on to a Super Sectionals later on this evening and a couple of other uh, All-Apollo Super Sectional matchup in softball as well that we'll take a look at coming up next here on the Star Lineup. From the 98.9 The Game Studios, the starting lineup. We'll be right back. The first month of summer's here, and so are the summertime deals at Rule King. Get your AC ready with our latest Rudy special, R134A Auto Refrigerant, now only $7.99 a can. Plus, keep that pool cool and clean with four packs of liquid pool chlorinator for just $16.99. And save $20 on two and a half gallons of glyphosate herbicide, now just $149.99. Get these deals and more at RuleKing.com or your neighborhood Rule King, America's farm and home store. You might watch your bottom line shrink if you don't account for burglaries, on-site accidents, and other unpredictable misfortunes at your business. Pekin Insurance offers comprehensive business coverage that lets you focus on what's important, employees, profits, and peace of mind. Ask your local Pekin Insurance agent about commercial insurance products or learn more at PekinInsurance.com. In Effingham, contact Tingley Insurance at 217 342 3637 and we'll go beyond the expected for you. Has anyone ever told you that you look like your father? If you answered yes, you could win a fantastic prize pack this Father's Day thanks to 95.7 WCRC, along with Barlow Lock and Security, John Boost Factory Showroom and Outlet, Wabash Communications Fiber, Wenty Plumbing, First National Bank of Brownstown, and Netty's Distinctive Lighting. All you have to do is submit a father-child photo. Get your entries in now. The winner will receive a prize pack worth over $300. For all contest details and submit your photo, visit EppinghamRadio.com. Get in zone, AutoZone. Welcome to AutoZone. What are you working on today? So, you've got an oil change coming up. Consider STP Conventional to save on motor oil for your everyday vehicle. Right now, you can get five quarts with an STP oil filter for only $26.99. Get the complete job done at the right price at any of our 6,200 stores or on AutoZone.com. Get in zone, AutoZone. Restrictions apply. Discover credit cards automatically double all the cash back you earn at the end of your first year, which means... Wait, 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 hold up. Question for the audio engineer. Go ahead. Did I read that right? Discover automatically doubles all your cash back? Yeah, that's what the script says. So if I get a Discover card right now, I can earn twice the cash back. Apparently. Wait! Unlimited first-year cash-back match, only from Discover. See terms and learn more at discover.com slash match. Whoever just hit those brakes hard for no reason was definitely not you. Eric never breaks randomly on the highway, Rubino, because you are a safe driver. And like most drivers who sign up for Snapshot from Progressive, which customizes your rate for how and how much you drive, you could earn a discount for your good driving. So keep on being you. Eric never breaks randomly on the highway, Rubino, and we'll keep on delivering the discounts. Sign up for Snapshot today. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Snapshot not available in all states or from all agents. 
Are your investments going nowhere? Here's a tip that always pays big dividends. Invest in yourself, your talent, your smarts, your skills. Maybe it's time to make that investment and start a career in IT or upskill to boost your current career. At My Computer Career, you can bank on us. We'll help you get the right skills and the right certifications to start or advance your IT career. IT keeps growing, so go with the growth at My Computer Career. The right training, the right timing, the right career. Invest in you at mycomputercareer.edu. Start now. And now, Travis Sparks with the Aurora Sports Center update. And I'm kind of doing this on the fly because Eric's script is not pulling up. But Eastern Illinois shortstop Trey Sweeney was named in the Ohio Valley Conference Baseball Player of the Year. The starting lineup. Holy cow, what a terrible sports scenario that was. I don't blame you. I blame me. On 98.9 The Game. Back in to the uh, starting lineup here on 98.9 of the game, ESPN Radio. Travis Sparks, Eric Fry, hanging out with you. Let's talk some uh, local sports uh, from over uh, the uh, weekend, and uh, we'll start off in uh, softball there in uh, Peoria as on a Friday in the uh, state tournament action in the afternoon. It was uh, Beecher getting the win over Johnson City, a seven to three, to advance to the uh, championship game there and then uh, on the second game of uh, that session it was uh, Taylor Rockridge uh, taking down a uh, St. Anthony by the final of a six to two uh, there so unfortunately that slid uh, St. Anthony into uh, the uh, third place game there on uh, Saturday and uh, Rockridge advancing into the uh, state championship looking for another sectional championship could they be going for three in a row well we'll find out here in a second mm-hmm. and also in the uh, softball world in Class 3A, the Chatham Glenwood a sectional championship saw Mount Zion a pull out the uh, victory over Chatham Glenwood a six to three. So uh, the uh, Braves uh, they advance on and they improve to 32 and five on the season and they waited to see who uh, their opponent would be on a Saturday. But first, before we get to that, on Saturday in the third place game, it was St. Anthony victorious over Johnson City by the final of 8-1 to as St. Anthony captures third place in Class 2A. So uh, congratulations to the Bulldogs as they wrapped up a fantastic season. I know that they wanted that first place trophy in 2A, but uh, they got that third place uh, trophy and uh, all those girls that were uh, there for their previous state trip, got to bring home a, another uh, trophy and finish off their, some of them finished off their careers uh, strong mm-hmm. uh, there. So uh, congratulations to uh, St. Anthony on a third place finish up there in state in Peoria this weekend. Yeah, absolutely. And then uh, Taylor Rockridge did in fact win the uh, championship. So they made it three in a row as they defeated Beecher by the final of a 7-1 to one in the uh, title game there. So uh, they obviously are a, a dynasty uh, there with the third softball championship in a row. 
Also in uh, Class uh, 1A, we didn't really uh, focus on them since our uh, local teams got bounced out there. Uh, Leroy ended up finishing in third place there over Goreville, 4-3, to three, and uh, St. Beattie ended up winning the uh, state title as they won over Illini Bluff, 7-2-6. to uh, six. So uh, St. Beattie were the 1A state champions uh, there in softball. Let's see. Let's take a look at other action from Saturday in the Highland sectional championship. It was Charleston getting the win over the three seed of Waterloo, 11 to five. So the Trojans capture their first sectional championship in a school history in a softball. So uh, that's where they made an all Apollo super sectional game later on uh, this afternoon. That we'll tell you about coming up here in a second. And then also in a baseball action on uh, Saturday in a Class 3A in the Centralia sectional championship, it was FEM taking down Mount Vernon for the second time this season as the three-seed Hearts took down the number one seed Mount Vernon. Six to three was the uh, final score uh, there. So FEM captures another sectional championship as uh, they uh, put up two runs and each in the first First inning and a second inning to take a two to nothing lead, and then Mount Vernon tied it up there in the bottom of the fourth. But then the Hearts come back strong in the top of the fifth and put up a four spot there. Mount Vernon would pick up a run in the sixth, but uh, nothing else doing for the Rams as the Hearts capture the win. It was Nichols getting uh, the win on the mound. He goes five and two-thirds innings, giving up five hits, giving up one earned run, three walks and seven Ks, and Harper comes in in relief and saves it one and a, a third inning, giving up a hit and strike out one batter as well. Offensively, uh, they were led by Maxton. He had a three RBIs and a three for four at the dish day. Also, other RBIs uh, credited to Harper as well. Quest Hall gets uh, an RBI, and Webb is the other credited RBI for the Hearts. So uh, they capture the uh, sectional championship uh, there. So uh, they'll advance on to uh, Super Sectionals, and we'll talk about that coming up here in just a sec. Um, and uh, also, yeah, all right. So we'll, uh, that was it mm -hmm. from baseball from... Uh, Saturday on uh, tap for today, the FEM game. They'll be their indicator at Milliken for the Milliken uh, Super Sectional Act. It's actually going to be at 6 o'clock tonight. And uh, it'll be the three-seed Hearts going up against the two-seed Champaign Central. And they got here by uh, taking down Chatham Glenwood and Rochester and taking the Lincoln Sectional Championship. They also won that on a Saturday. And Champaign Central also were Bloomington regional champions as well and they come into this one against the hearts 26 and a 10 overall on the season and effingham 21 and a 15 on the year as well and eh, champagne central obviously they've uh, faced a couple of common opponents i know uh, they've uh, faced uh, newton and lincoln here on the schedule but uh, charleston mattoon teams like that um but no previous encounters this season mm. uh, for the Hearts. And they're the Maroons. So uh, good luck there to uh, Effingham. Yes, and please. I believe this would be the first trip to the state finals in baseball. But I'd have to do some more uh, research on that. But 
uh, FEM going up for a super sectional title, and if they would advance, uh, they would uh, take on their an advance to a Joliet, and uh, that would be on Friday there at a state, and uh, they would either take on the winner of the super sectional game would take on the winner of the uh, Schomburg. Uh, super sectional, and that would be either uh, Gray's Lake Central or Oak Park there on Friday in the uh, state semifinals, bright and early at 10 a.m. on Friday. Yeah. So That is early. I don't know about bright. I mean, it will be bright, but that's early, Travis. It's pretty early to play a baseball game. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> then the uh, third place game. It'd be at 9 a.m. on Saturday. Oh, even earlier. So, there you I go. Skip that early on a Saturday. And I guess there are some people that get up that early on Saturday. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, that is uh, baseball action uh, for today. And like I mentioned, we have an all Apollo super sectional game as well there in Decatur at Milliken. It's going to be the one seed Mount Zion taking on the two seed Charleston. Mount Zion 32 and five on the year. Charleston 27 and 5 on the year as well. And we have to look all the way back, not too far back, exactly one month ago. The, uh, Mount Zion was victorious over Charleston in a doubleheader 11 to 5 and 5 to uh, 3. So we'll see if history repeats themselves for that or if Charleston can win their first ever sectional title and then take it all the way to a state as well later on today at 4.30, and the winner would advance there to Peoria on a Friday for the uh, state tournament, and they would take on the winner of the uh, Maple Park Super Sectional. Either Sycamore or Antioch would be the opponent there on Friday at 12.30. So uh, we'll see what those uh, two Apollo teams have in store Mm -hmm. for that all-Apollo Super Sectional matchup there in uh, softball. And, of course, good luck to FEM as well and we'll be back tomorrow to uh talk about it and you can check it out the scores on the website fmradio.com we'll have them posted later on this evening right now we move on and we move on to more baseball but we'll take a look at the major league ranks coming up next here on the starting lineup we'll be right back to the starting lineup on 98.9 the game we need to figure out what we're going to talk about the next segment If you served in the Vietnam, Gulf War, or post-9-11 eras, you may be eligible for expanded VA benefits. A new law, known as the PACT Act, provides disability compensation, health care, free toxic exposure screenings, and more to veterans who were exposed to toxins during their military service. You can submit a claim for your PACT Act-related benefits now. Claims received by August 10, 2023 may be paid back to August 10, 2022. Visit va.gov forward slash PACT to learn more and file your claim. You might watch your bottom line shrink if you don't account for burglaries, on-site accidents, and other unpredictable misfortunes at your business. Pekin Insurance offers comprehensive business coverage that lets you focus on what's important, employees, profits, and peace of mind. Ask your local Pekin Insurance agent about commercial insurance products or learn more at PekinInsurance.com. In Effingham, contact Tingley Insurance at 217-342-3637 and we'll go beyond the expected for you. Imagine the possibilities with Tatopolis State Bank. This is Jerry Rundy. If you're buying a home, see us to get pre-qualified. When you're pre-qualified, the seller knows you mean business, and that can save you thousands. If you're building a new home, we'll help you get started with a construction loan customized just for you. 
Ask around. Talk with your friends. You'll see why so many homes start with a little help from Teutopolis State Bank. In Teutopolis, Sigel, and Effingham. Equal housing lender and member FDIC. For adults with moderate to severe plaque psoriasis who are candidates for systemic or phototherapy, now there's SkyRizzy, Rizinkizumab Rizza, a prescription-only 150 milligram injection. With SkyRizzy, three out of four people achieve 90% clearer skin at four months, and SkyRizzy is just four doses a year after two starter doses. Nothing in me go hand in hand, nothing on my skin, that's my new plan. Don't use if allergic to SkyRizzy. Serious allergic reactions and an increased risk of infections or a lower ability to fight them may occur. Before treatment, your doctor should check for infection and tuberculosis. Tell your doctor if you have an infection or symptoms, such as fever, sweats, chills, muscle aches, or cough, or if you plan to or recently received a vaccine. With SkyRizzy, you could achieve 90% clearer skin. Ask your doctor about the number one dermatologist prescribed biologic in psoriasis and visit SkyRizzy.com or call 1-866-SKYRizzy to learn more. And now... So can... It's a little overrated. Just two cents. Peyton Manning is overrated. A little bit, yeah. You're thinking of his, like, last year. No. Don't think of him as his last year. No, like his whole career. The starting lineup. He is properly rated. No, a little overrated. How dare you? On 98.9 The Game. Peyton Manning can thank Edron James, Jeff Saturday, Marvin Harrison, Reggie Wayne, Dallas Clark. All right, then Joe Montana is overrated. Thank oh, You can thank yeah. Jerry Rice for everything. I- Eric Fry, SportsCenter update. St. Louis City SC are on a three-match winning streak following a 3-0 victory over the Houston Dynamo on Saturday. City are back in first place in the Western Conference with nine wins, one draw, and four losses. For 28 points, St. Louis takes on LA Galaxy next Sunday. The Missouri Tigers basketball program is poaching a player from Oral Roberts. Seven-foot-five center Connor Vanover announced over the weekend that he is transferring to Missouri. Vanover averaged 12.7 points and 7.2 rebounds in 34 starts for Oral Roberts last season. Chicago Fire failed to score for the second straight match following a 1-0 loss to FC Cincinnati at TQL Stadium on Saturday. The Fire gave up a goal in the 83rd minute and didn't register a single shot on target in the loss. Chicago is in 14th place in the Eastern Conference with three wins, eight draws, and five losses for 17 points. Fire hosts Houston Dynamo in the U.S. Open Cup tomorrow. Chicago Sky had a big second half to beat the New York Liberty 86-82 at the Barclays Center. Sky trailed by as many as 19 points, but they outscored the Liberty 56-35 after halftime. Cleo Cooper scored in 27 points in the win, while Miana Mabry chipped in with 17. Chicago's 4-3. Sky hosts the Fever tomorrow night. And speaking of the Fever, they took the loss to the unbeaten Aces over the weekend 84-80 in Indianapolis. Welcome back in to the uh, starting lineup. Travis Sparks here, Eric Fry over there with the uh, Sports on our reads uh, today. We talked about uh, some local baseball in the last segment. Let's take a look at a major league of baseball from over the weekend, and uh, let's just rip this band-aid right yes. off here. As the uh, Pirates for victorious bright and early in the morning. There you heard it here on 98.9 and the Pirates and Rich Hill. Yes, Rich Hill. The ageless wonder. I told you about it. (laughs) He took the game into the seventh and the Pirates scored two early runs. And that was all offense they needed because those Cardinals could only scratch across one run there in the game. 
and end up losing two to one to get swept by the Pirates. Swept. Three game sweep. Going to Pittsburgh. Think of a couple weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Cardinals, including myself, were feeling good. We're back. Mm-hmm. And now not so much. Yeah. Uh, Back to the worst record in the National League. The National League now, and the third worst record in all of baseball. Only worst record, of course, is the A's and the Royals. I mean, at least you're not going to catch the A's, so that's it's true. That's positive. It is that is one good thing. But we were only a half game uh, for the worst record in the National League with the Rockies and Nationals, but still, it's only a half game. Only a half game, right? So. Third in a row, Michaelis yeah. went five innings, and you know he didn't go seven or eight or anything like that. But I mean, the offense could have given him a little bit of help. A, a little bit of help. Yeah. Yeah. Andrew Kisner was the only one. He hit a home run in the seventh. That was the only run. Travis, the over the had. three games in Pittsburgh, the Cardinals left twenty-seven men on base. Yeah. That's an average of nine a game. Mm-hmm. A lot of missed opportunities. That is pitiful. It is. And, I, I, all right, I'm going to get into this. So, Adam Rainwright, uh, you know, was just talking after the game. And uh, he said, quote, it's the same thing all year. This series, we've been one big moment away from winning all of these games. But a good team finds a way to get that big moment. You can't just say, well, we were one thing away from winning a bunch of games because every other baseball team can say that too. Yeah. So that doesn't help anything. Mm -hmm. Saying, oh, we were just one moment away from getting a lot of wins. Well, yes, so were 95% of the teams not named the Oakland A's. It's true. I mean, uh, they were one moment away, big hits away. I mean, leaving 27 men on base. So mm-hmm. they clearly could have scored more runs in this series. So, And I love your manager, by the way, because uh, he said it doesn't feel the same as uh, he, he was asked if they were regressing to their April form. And he said, it's not even close. It doesn't feel that way at all in April. We handed over a lot of games in a lot of different ways. Pittsburgh, however, beat us. That feels different than April. Well, yeah, because you'd rather, you know, you be in control of a game and give it away than just get flat-out beat. I mean, I'd much rather just get flat-out beat, right, Travis? Oh, yeah. <sighs> not uh, not good. It was uh, a late-game rally there in Pittsburgh on Friday to mm-hmm. beat the uh, Cardinals as they had the 5 to nothing lead on Friday and – uh, they blow it. Yep. Uh, giving up a couple of runs, and Gallegos in particular. Thank goodness. Four runs on Friday. That really was set the tone for the entire weekend. And you know what was to come there. And Cardinals lose on Saturday, 4-3. to three. And then yesterday's um, morning loss. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, Wainwright said that, uh, urgency, more urgency wouldn't hurt, as he was talking with the uh, St. Louis Post-Dispatch after the game. Yep. 
uh, yesterday. He said, I don't think concerned is the right word. I think pissed is the right word. I think everyone is pissed at a lot of different things. We came in here and we look around and we're like, what the heck? Some things can't be explained. You just got to go and perform was one of the quotes. Mm. Like you said, it's the same thing all year of this series. One big moment away yep. from winning all three games. So, But it, like I said, there's a lot of teams that are one moment away from winning games. Mm-hmm. So you, you can't keep using that as, oh, we were just one moment away. You, you got to cash in on them eventually. Yeah, you do. Like that That's all I'm saying. I'm not criticizing him for saying it because, again, it's another one of those moments of what else are you going to say? Right. The offense stinks. Mm-hmm. Well, you, you can't say that because you're just lobbing grenades into the locker room. Right. So I get why he said it. But at the same time, just saying that is not helping. That's like mm-hmm. the, the final quote in the article um, that I saw, Travis. He was quoted as saying, because um, he's starting tonight, and we'll talk about that coming up in a little bit. Um, he was quoted as saying, we need to go on a run here where we win a lot of games and find ways to win games and not find ways to lose them. Hmm. That's not helping things. Yeah. How are you supposed to That's win these a, games? Uh... Pitch good. Get good hitting. Like, that's not a great mindset to have. No. He he may basically came out and said, we need to come out and score more runs than the other team. Yeah. No kidding. Yeah, this offense has been very streaky at times. So, of course, that could just be chalked it up to baseball. And also, it seems like the Cardinals can do a decent against good teams. I mean, we took three out of four against the Dodgers. And then now... We get swept by the Pirates. I think we lost the series to the Reds. Mm-hmm. So it's just Reds who, Reds who I think lost two or three to the Brewers this weekend. So yeah, they're on a four-game losing streak mm-hmm. right now in Cincinnati. So I I don't know what is it going to take for something to change. Ten games below five hundred now back to the worst record in the National League after going on a little bit of a run after that poorish start in April and then now getting back to more of the same. You know it's not good, Travis, when yesterday morning at about eh, 10.30, 11 o'clock or so, I hop on Twitter to see what's trending. I know things are catered to me, so I understand that. But one of the top trends was Mosaic. Oh, yeah. It's never good when your GM is trending. Yeah, he, because gets, uh, you, he GM, gets a lot of it. GM is the position to where if things are going great, you don't know their name. And when things are going awful, they're the first person you blame. Yeah. So when you're trending on Twitter because people are talking about you, means things are not going well. Means yeah. No one ever tweets out about, man, I can't believe how good our team is thanks to the GM. No one yeah, ever says that. Really it's always the, the team is bad and the GM has to go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Mosaic. So, Mo gets a lot of it, for sure. I know, Rightfully so. Sometimes. I know you. If I said Travis, you had to get rid of one of the two today, him or Marmol, who are you getting rid of? I, mean, I personally get rid of Marmol. And maybe you, if you get rid of Mo, you you take it right at the top. See, and that's, that's, that's where my real thinking. change can happen. Is right from the top if you, if if you want change because the past change. two off seasons the Cardinals have not smartly spent money and upgraded and got better at the places they needed to. 
specifically oh, but starting pitcher. We got pitcher. Contreras. That we needed a catcher, so we got the best one. Yes, who you after two and that's weeks all did. decided no, we're not going to have him catch, and then a, a week later said no. Wait a minute, we take that back. Everything's fine. Yeah, that's. Still and so baffling. I think if I remember correctly, Travis, because they took him off of catcher and then the Cardinals played better then put him back on catcher. And I remember sitting right here in this chair and saying, all right, you've used it. You've used blaming the new guy. When you guys go on another losing streak for whatever reason, you can't blame him anymore. Mm-hmm. And here we are yep. on another losing are. streak. And they don't know who to blame now. Exactly. We're looking at who to point the finger to. We're looking at the offense who left 27 men on base over a three-game stretch. Right. Which is true. You should probably blame that. Mm-hmm. But now you're blaming an entire half of a team. Yeah. Not the pitching fault. No, it's the entire offense. Mm-hmm. This is a, a divided and a – it doesn't sound like a good locker room. Now, all the players, uh, of course, are being quoted as saying, don't count us out. We can get on a run just as good as anyone else. Uh, Miles Michaelis said, for the people out there getting upset, it's understandable, but I wouldn't count us out. This isn't the start we wanted, but we have veterans and young guys starting to step up. It's time to see who wants it, be a leader, and get the job done. Right. You could look at that in a positive way, or you could look at it in a negative way, and he's saying there's no leaders in our locker room. No one is stepping up right now. Yeah, and that's kind of baffling because, I mean, you would look to Wainwright in particular mm-hmm. to be the locker room leader. I mean, even Michaelis would be locker yeah. room leader. He keeps keeps everyone fun and light. And, I know that this is not the right time to be right. that type of person, but, and, you know, he's still a good guy in the locker room. And, again, you know, you talk about – Of course, you know, we have our captain, Andrew Kisner. Exactly. And you talk about Goldschmidt, and you talk about Arenado. Yeah, Goldschmidt isn't going to be a nope. vocal leader. Same with Arenado. He seems more yeah, like a quiet really. type. And we've yeah. talked about Contreras. You know, he was the emotional leader of the Cubs, but he can't come in and do that year one here in St. Louis, especially when he's already been painted as the the the, the reason why we were failing. Right. Yeah. He's going to go and hide in his shell, which I don't blame him. Right, or definitely not be more as vocal mm-hmm. as you would think mm-hmm. he uh, would be for sure. Uh, this is so, what I'm going to say. It's easy to be a leader, Travis, when things are going great. Yeah. It's very hard to be a leader when everything's falling apart around you. Yeah. And I would look at, like you said, Wainwright, because he's been there when it's been good, and he's been there when it's been bad. A lot of these Cardinal players, yeah, you know, even, even Michaelis hasn't been there when it's been bad. They've been there when they're still making the postseason or at least just missing out. Mm-hmm. No one's been there on this Cardinal team besides Wainwright when the Cardinals had a losing record. And that's because you got to go a long way back, right? which is a good thing. But is, when things yeah. are going bad, you don't have those players to lean on. That's where a player like Contreras, the last couple of years he was in Chicago were not great years. Mm-hmm. you would want to lean on him because he has that experience of being on a not good team in a not good locker room. We talked about that Cubs locker room, how toxic it was. Yeah. And instead he's being quiet because he's already been paint- painted from the organization as the reason we weren't winning was because you were catching. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, not good. None no. of it's good. If you're a Cardinal fan. No. 
No, it's not, but it's time to get back on that horse, and we're riding our horses all the way in to uh, Texas as we visit, I think for the first time, uh, the uh, new uh, field there, Global Life, as yeah. uh, we got Adam Wainwright on the mound, so he makes those comments after the game, so okay, you back it up. turn to a Wayno here in this one against Martina Perez for the uh, Rangers uh, tonight. And of course, you can hear that game right here. 6.10 will be the uh, pregame show start time and a 6.55 first pitch to uh, follow after that. And on Tuesday, we got a Libertor there as I believe it was uh, over the weekend. The decision was uh, made that uh, Matt's was going to be moved to the uh, bullpen and we we're going to move Libertor into that uh, s- spot and Dane Dunning will be the pitcher for Texas on Tuesday, and then on Wednesday we wrap it up with Flaherty and John Gray there, and then we return home to St. Louis this weekend for a series with Cincinnati. But first we got to meet the Rangers, mm-hmm. who are actually doing pretty decent this yeah. season, a 38 yes. and a 20, leading the AL West by three and a half games over the Astros. They want to mention that the uh, Cubs did win a, a game against the uh, Padres, a 7-2-1, as Marcus Stroman, four straight wins now, as the Cubs won yesterday, 7-1. Yeah, over good pitching from Stroman. Padres, yeah. Took two out of three. Two out of three, yeah. Game four tonight. It's a four-game series. Ah, so. four-game setter. Yeah, it's weird. I don't like it, but e- either way, mm. I'm – I'm, I'm, uh, uh, this team's playing decently right now. They're stringing together wins, and I'll apologize to Jameson Tyon. Pitched well on Friday, got the win, so I apologize, yeah. Mr. Tyon. There you go. Yeah, nice pitching performance <sighs> there after it's been rough this season, to say the least. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, we do have uh, some more series wrapping up. The uh, Rays and Red Sox will wrap up today. Uh, Philadelphia also is hosting the Tigers. The Royals are at Miami. Oakland is in uh, Pittsburgh to take on the Pirates. Houston is at Toronto. Manoa on the mound for the Blue Jays. Uh, Milwaukee against the Cincinnati. And uh, like you mentioned, Chicago finishing up their series with the uh, Padres. Kyle Hendricks against Blake Snell for you tonight with the Cubs and Padres. not super excited. No? No. Well, try to close out the series strong and take three out of four. Be nice. And then you're on a West Coast swing as you're against the Angels after you wrap up there in San Diego. And that'll start tomorrow. And then you go out West, continuing to be out West, against the Giants coming up this weekend. West Coast swing. So a lot of late night games for you. A lot of waking up in the morning and finding out what happened. (laughs) Or a true fan who watches the uh, all the games, no matter what time it is. Yeah. Some of us have to work. It's true. Some of us are really angry if they don't get enough sleep. Yeah, a little cranky. Yes, sometimes. But we don't want me to be cranky. No, definitely don't want to do that. So uh, might be a little cranky here on Monday because it's a post weekend. Well. We'll get you the top three moments from the uh, sports weekend to close out the show. The starting lineup from 98.9 The Game Studios. We'll be right back. 
This is Deputy Chief Kurt Davis of the Effingham Police Department with another safety tip for online use for your family. While online, a child might provide information or arrange an encounter that could risk his or her safety or the safety of other family members. In a few cases, pedophiles have used online services and bulletin boards to gain a child's confidence and then arrange a face-to-face meeting. Parents, be sure to stay in touch with your children's online activities, and if you detect any threats to your child's safety, notify your local police department. Show your appreciation of this great nation we live in by flying the flag with pride this June and July. We want to share the pride. Go to Effingham Radio and submit your picture of your flag, whether at your business, your home, your boat, wherever it is. Show your pride at EffinghamRadio.com. Proudly sponsored by Disabled American Veterans Chapter Number 7 in Effingham, Jay's Hobby Shop, Barlow Lock and Security, Sanitation Services, The Rubbish Gobbler, and DHB Transmission. And now... They play tonight. Tonight against Michigan. If you're listening Wednesday. The starting lineup. It's not going to happen. I mean, Michigan's overrated, but... Traff's mm-hmm. going to be so let down tonight. I'll report about it on Saturday. On 98.9 The Game. Back in the two with the uh, starting lineup here on 98.9. Well, here on 98.9, we're just a, a smidge a bit longer. But we still got more stuff to uh, talk about in the uh, pod. We got the uh, Stanley Cup uh, finals to talk about game one. And also uh, talk about uh, uh, NASCAR and a recap NASCAR pick them. And well. uh, sports history. And this day in uh, sports history as well. But before we get to the pod, we need to close things out here on the uh, Terrestrial Show and get to the uh, top three from the sports weekend. And now it's time for the top three. Top three from the uh, sports weekend, of course, in uh, no particular order, but I'll start off with my uh, number uh, three, and uh, that was uh, Victor Hovland winning uh, the uh, Memorial uh, Golf Tournament uh, yesterday in a uh, playoff and then turning right around today and uh, caddying for a college teammate being on the bag for his college teammate in a U.S. Open qualifier match today. So winning a nice little purse there Mm -hmm. at the Memorial. In a playoff, in fact, and then being a caddy for your buddy on a Monday. I like that. It's showing. I'm probably did some celebrating last night too. Yeah, he may not be the best caddy, most reliable one. (laughs) Just carrying the bags. Yeah, Uh, Travis, I'm going to stay on the golfing world, and I'm going with Rose Zhang, who lived up to all the hype as the next great women's golfer, as she became the first player, Travis, in 72 years to win on the tour in her pro debut as she started out the Hmm. weekend with the lead, never lost it, won the whole way through, Hmm. and ended up getting the win. So uh, how about that? And it happened in the Big Apple, too. So it happened in New York. In a span of 13 days, she went from winning the NCAAs to turning pro to winning her tournament. And actually got – she is from Stanford. So uh, Tiger Woods tweeted out and said, uh, go card. So how about that? Hmm. Very well. 
And my number two here is the FEM representing in baseball and softball as FEM winning a sectional title there on Saturday. And then also the Bulldogs of St. Anthony taking home third place there. So FEM proud, FEM strong, winning the sectional and taking third in softball. Uh, my number two is uh, former Cardinal Marcel Ozuna with his 414-foot single. That's right. Thought it was a homer, so he sat and admired it the whole way, and it wasn't a homer. And he just got a single, and then he got pulled from the game because he didn't show hustle. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You love it. I love the video of it, of him just sitting there watching it, and then it's like, oh, that's not a homer. It was in Arizona in that ballpark. At center field, you have to really hit it just right to be a homer in center field, and uh, it wasn't. Yeah, managers aren't going to love that. No. So no. Uh, I could see why he was taken out of the game. And uh, my number one from the uh, sports weekend, we'll talk more about it in the uh, pod, but it was a NASCAR at a worldwide technology raceway, and your boy was there on the ground, and but overall, it was a great experience better experience than last year uh for sure uh so that's my number one moment better than last year even though it rained or didn't rain rain it rained air quotes uh my number three travis is the left fielder for indiana state i don't know who what his name is all i know is that over the weekend he robbed a home run but it's more importantly the game against iowa where he faked robbing a home run he jumped and he faked like he had it. And the announcer's like, oh, he did it again. He robbed him. And then he's jogging in. And the batter is heading to the dugout. And then he opens his glove and shows, no, nah, I, I don't have it. It was a homer. Hmm. Love it. Indiana State won their regional. They're advancing on. They're moving on. So congratulations to them. Um, but I, I loved that. Now, I'll show Travis the video in the pod. But uh, great. Look it up. It's, it's great. His sell job of it is amazing. Yeah, familiar faces there on the uh, Indiana State could, team, possibly as well. 14th ranked team in the nation. Yeah, having a good year. EIU season ended over the weekend too, by the way. Wanted yeah, to I did give him a that. shout that a shout out. Yeah, I did see that. But hey, Indiana State moving on and beating Iowa. That's a very good thing. Yes, as well in my book. So that will do it here for us on the uh, Trushel Show. And uh, coming up, we'll talk more about that and uh, NASCAR coming up here, as well as the Stanley Cup Finals coming up here in the pod. But coming up next here is a Fitz and Harry. So enjoy. Thanks for listening to the starting lineup on 98.9 The Game. In overtime of the uh, starting lineup. And it's Travis Sparks, Eric Fry, hanging out with you still. Coming up, we still got more stuff to talk about uh, NASCAR. We got to recap the race, recap the overall race day experience, and 
recap pick them as well talk about this date in sports history as well as take a look at a game number one the stanley cup finals on saturday between the knights and panthers both teams warm weather and both teams looking for their first cup as well and we'll get into game one coming up here in a second but is there anything on sports center that you want to take it into yeah we're gonna go backwards a little bit and i'll explain why in a little bit a ceremonial groundbreaking is taking place today at the site of the brand new stadium for the buffalo bills the more than the one billion dollar facility is going to be located near high mark stadium in orchard park where the nfl franchise currently plays its home games the state and the bills are going to be covering most of the cost of this project the hope is that the stadium will be open for the 2026 season travis does that mean we are going to finally get a super bowl in buffalo there will be a Super Bowl winner in Buffalo, right? It will be, yeah. Finally. That's it's about time. It's about time. <laughs> the Diamondbacks are keeping their longtime manager in town. Tori Luveo signed a one-year extension with the Diamondbacks for the 2024 season. The deal marks the third straight year that he signed a one-year extension. The, he is the longest tenured manager in team history. 57-year-old Skipper has led the Diamondbacks to a combined 446-43 and 43 record during his time with the team. It's hmm. a long time. Yeah. Uh, a number of NBA players are pledging their commitment to Team USA for the FIBA World Cup. The uh, FIFA World Cup, I believe. Nope, FIBA. Uh, the Athletic reports Timberwolves forward Anthony Edwards, Indiana guard Tyrese Halliburton, and Lakers guard Austin Reeves will all join the 12-man roster, which will be led by USA Basketball Managing Director Grant Hill, Warriors head coach Steve Kerr, and General Manager Sean Ford. The trio are joined by Nets forward Mikkel Bridges, Bucks forward Bobby Portis, and Knicks guard Jalen Brunson. World Cup play for Team USA starts on August 26th in the Philippines. Mm. Coach Hill. Yes. Uh, Norma Hunt, the wife of Kansas City Chiefs founder Lamar Hunt, has died. The franchise announced on Sunday that the woman uh, some had dubbed the first lady of football passed away at the age of 85. NFL Commissioner Roger Goodell said in a statement released by the league that Norma was one of the most passionate fans of the Chiefs and the NFL and it understood and enjoyed every aspect of the game. Norma was the only woman to attend every Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. There is that. That's sad. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Celtics are adding a former NBA champion to their coaching staff. According to The Athletic, Boston is adding veteran assistant coach Sam Cassell to Joe Missoula's staff. The 53-year-old has spent the last three seasons as an assistant with the 76ers under recently fired coach Doc Rivers. Cassell is a 19-year NBA veteran and three-time champion. He returns to Boston 15 years after helping the Seas win the title in 2008. One of the Colts' rookies is banged up as tight end Will Mallory has yet to participate in the first two weeks of OTAs due to a foot injury he suffered during the team's rookie minicamp in May. Head coach Shane Sharkeesian said, confirmed last week that the 2023 fifth-round pick suffered the injury while running a route during one of the practices. There's no timetable for his return. And Travis! Mm-hmm. Oh, boy. Are you ready for this? And this has taken a, a turn that none of us expected with the Chicago Bears? Are you going to say what I saw on Friday? The Bears are taking a second look at other options for their new stadium. The team announced over the weekend that the original proposed site at Arlington Heights may be in jeopardy due to inflation tax rates on the property. The Bears are now looking at a site in Naperville, but they are continuing their demolition work at Arlington Heights. Yeah. Thought that this was a done deal. What morons! I, I don't understand how you purchase this and start the demolition and then go, oh, nope, rates are too high. We're going to have to look somewhere else. Yeah, I think this issue is definitely worth 
exploring yeah in more detail yeah because to me this just shows that they want to get out of chicago so badly that they don't even care if they have to go to two three different locations yeah they just don't want to be at soldier field anymore yeah i mean you already paid it, this money for this land it and then... also travis is making me wonder there's a new mayor in chicago are the Bears the complete opposite? Are they rethinking? Are they know. talking with the new mayor and the new regime there in Chicago and finding a way to make it work? Maybe. And that's why they're like, oh, tax rates, too high. We just we, we can't. Mm-hmm. It, it just seems puzzling to me that you buy this land, you stand so firm and say, no, we are done, and then something that... Because to me, inflated tax rates on the property, didn't you know about that when you purchased it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It Something just seems I would odd. Think that you would it just seems very into. odd. Oh, yeah. I saw that. I was like, what? Yeah. Oh, I thought it was a done deal. No, not, cl- not. far from it. <laughs> We're going to start demolition on the property, though. Mm-hmm. But... We're not going to play there. Yeah. Mm. Very uh, odd situation there with the Bears. Very, very, very. And their ownership group. And a uh, new stadium in Arlington Heights may be on hold. But we'll definitely explore this topic more in more detail, I think, later on this week. Yes. Uh, so uh, let's uh, get to uh, other action uh, from uh, the weekend, the uh, Stanley Cup Finals Game 1 on uh, Saturday. And it was Vegas ended up with a strong third period there as uh, they take the 1-0 uh, series lead. As it was a back-and-forth game, really, as uh, Panthers got the scoring started in the first period with a shorthanded goal there by Eric Stahl. And then uh, Marshall uh, tied it up with a goal there in the first period. And then uh, Theodore got a goal in the second period, kind of halfway through it. And then uh, right at the very end, uh, uh, Panthers tied it up. Uh, But then it was really all nights in the third period as they got an empty netter there to make it five to two. So uh, Vegas five to two winner back and forth game, but strong third period Mm -hmm. uh, for them and Hill Gets the win in net. He goes 33 of 35 as saves there with a 94 save percentage. While Bobarevsky, 29 of 33 for four goals against there. So uh, Vegas, 1-0 series lead. Yeah. And uh, they're right back at it. They're right back at it tonight, I believe. Oh, really? They are, yep, tonight. Hmm. Game two in Vegas. So... Seven o'clock on TNC. Hmm. So Vegas will look to take a stranglehold on that series yeah. lead. Huh. I mean, Vegas is the team that I I'm. We both said Vegas. Both mm-hmm. want Vegas. So yeah. I'm glad they came out and looked strong. Like I said, strong third period there to get the win, and uh, hopefully they can carry that over tonight. Mm-hmm. So we'll uh, we'll see what game two has in store. All right, so uh, let's move on to uh, this date. 
this day in sports history. All right, this day in sports history, not a whole lot. On this day back in 1991, Travis, Michael Jordan had his spectacular move as he switched hands midair yes. as the Bulls beat the Lakers in game two. That is a fa- one of those famous moments is, everyone yep. kind of remembers. Yep. Um, on this day in 2001, Barry Bonds homered for the 30th time in the seasons in his team's 57th game, becoming the fastest player in Major League history to reach 30 homers in a season. One year later on the same day, he hit his 587th career home run, passing Frank Robinson for fourth on the all-time list. Uh, Nadal has won a couple of French Opens on this date, so there is that as well. And finally, Travis, on this day back in 2008, Paul Pierce exited in a wheelchair in the finals in game one and returned to help get the win. Yes. Everyone kind of remembers that one. Yes. That's also an image as well. Yep. So there you go. That is, uh, that is uh, sports history. That's your, this date. Yep. Sports history. All right. So uh, let's uh, move on here to the last thing that we uh, talk about. And that's a NASCAR NASCAR this weekend came to St. Louis, Madison, Madison at a worldwide technology raceway. Yep. In this article on ESPN or the Associated Press, it says just outside of St. Louis. Well, at least so they're honest. This at time. least they they got it. They put it out yep. there. Yep. So uh, Kyle Busch ended up uh, getting the win there at Worldwide Technology Raceway. So yes. Kyle Busch, after coming up short last year. He pulls it off and gets the win. Now, yesterday. Travis, as you said, you were the man on the ground. I was there. I was there. A lot worldwide. of brake problems in this race, from what I heard. A lot of yeah. There was a lot of cautions. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Two red flags. Uh-huh. Uh huh. I know there was someone got into the wall and they had to fix a barricade. That's not good. No, got to make sure those safety barricades are working mm-hmm. properly. Mm-hmm. So they had to red flag it and then. Everyone is excited to start the race, and then two laps in, there's Rain. an accident. Yep. And then uh, they go, and uh, while under caution, they have a lightning delay. Yes. There was apparently lightning in the area. Within eight miles. No lightning in sight for us, from what I saw. And Must have been behind you. You were the in the rain, stands, yeah, right? That's the thing that we couldn't figure out, was that you know the wind was blowing in the opposite direction, mm-hmm. so the uh, weather was behind us that we saw. So the it wasn't even like the wind was blowing in the weather yeah. to the track. But, I mean, obviously I get it. it but it just sucks for the fans to have it start that way, to like right. have an early wreck, right. and then also have a uh, lightning delay and you get to understand it when all right mm-hmm. there's weather here we see it it's raining right. no and it ended up being an over a two-hour delay yeah that and, really and that, that, that really stunk yeah. you you kind of knew um when there was a lightning delay that okay it's gonna be a half hour because yeah it, just like you know us for high school sports when there is a you know lightning in the area, you have to wait the half hour. Mm-hmm. Um, my my thing, Travis, and the reason why they erred on the side of caution is because there was a incident to where um, someone someone passed away due to a lightning strike at a NASCAR race. They ended the race. Um, and, and said the race was official and everyone was leaving and someone got struck by lightning and, and died. So that is why they would much rather err on the side of caution as opposed to not. So 
even though I understand your point of view, I also understand their oh, point yeah. of view in, in saying, no, we're not going to, you know. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I understand it. Right. Uh, right. From a safety uh, perspective, for sure. So, you know, it ended up being a uh, day race, ended up finishing uh, there under the lights and ended up being a long day for mm-hmm. the fans and a long day for the uh, drivers as yep. well as it was hot. And yes. so we were hot in the stands. I can't imagine what it would be like oh, yeah. in the car uh, there and as, you know, I thought this year from an overall race day experience besides the, the long day, it was way better. 10 times better than last year. It looked like everyone was more prepared mm. from a race day perspective. And that was kind of what was baffling was that they've had IndyCar there before mm-hmm. and Xfinity's raced there before, right? Uh, yes, and the trucks. Right. And so it just looked like they were unprepared last year mm-hmm. for this this amount of people who came into this There's area. There's never been that many people. Yeah. And this year uh, there was even more. So the fact that it, you felt more prepared and felt like they handled things better, even though there was more people there this year than last year, yeah, says a good thing about the Speedway. It also says a good thing about, I feel this is not going anywhere. Because, yeah. you know, there were rumors that, hey, you know, NASCAR signs kind of three-year contracts with these tracks to have these races. So there were, you know... Rumors after the race last year wasn't great. The only thing anyone remembers from it was Ross Chastain and Denny Hamlin and their exactly. their argument that took place throughout the entire race. If yeah. that doesn't happen, it was kind of a boring race last year. Yeah. This year, you had another incident, which we'll talk in a second, of um, a, a driver being a little upset at somebody and um, possible suspension coming down because of that. Um but you had a, a, a exciting finish as well with yeah, the overtime. There's another overtime thanks yep. to a late wreck there by yep. Bubble Wallace to yep. have the uh, extra caution yep. to uh, come out, and that set up the green-white checkered overtime yep. finish. So uh, to me, I, I think that uh, they are definitely on the right track. They're definitely um, going to be, on. like I said, they're going to be on the schedule for a while, and I think that's a good thing. Um, it's a good market for NASCAR. Um, I, I definitely, I, I like it. And, and you know, it, it was a, a decent race yesterday. Now let's, let's talk about the incident. Um, and that would be the Austin Dillon incident where Austin Dillon got turned into the wall. And he basically said in his interview when he came out of the infield care center that he thought he was hooked by Austin Sindrick in the right rear, turned headfirst into the wall, and that he wants Austin Cindric suspended, just like Chase Elliott just was for what happened with Denny Hamlin, just like Bubba Wallace was last year for his incident with Kyle Larson. So mm-hmm. NASCAR now has the precedent. They've they've set this precedent of if they feel that you've intentionally hooked someone into a wall at a high-speed part of the track, you are going to get suspended. So... We'll have to wait and see. Nothing has come down yet. Um, usually it's on Tuesday or, or Wednesday when penalties are announced. Um, so I don't know. I didn't see that accident myself um, to, to know who was in the right or in the wrong or anything like that. But um, 
yeah. So we'll we'll have to to wait and see on that. Maybe it just didn't seem like a a big deal there. Yeah. I, I don't know. Um there's something I wanted to talk about though, Travis, and, and it wasn't just this race. It's it's been kind of kind of building up here and, and kind of uh going throughout the the year here as we've gone along. And that is Ross Chastain. Is a non-factor. This is now multiple races where he has been a non-factor since Finished the Darlington 22nd. race. And remember, he had the the Darlington incident where he uh, took out um, Kyle Larson. Or him and Larson got into it, mm-hmm. and that was when Mister H, Mister Hendricks said, "We're gonna talk about this." And Justin Mark said he was gonna talk with Ross about you know. Be driving smarter. Yeah. Since then, Travis, he's finished 22nd and 22nd in both races and been non-factors. He was a non-factor in the all-star race, too, at North Wilkesboro. Mm-hmm. I think they've neutered Ross Chastain. Maybe. He can't. He's so worried now about being aggressive that he's being nothing. Yeah. And he's not being aggressive on the track, which you want him to be. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I think this is a bad move for Trackhouse. I, I, I wouldn't have done this. I understand they kind of had to; they didn't have a choice. You know, Hendrick Motorsports is the number one Chevy team, and when they're telling Chevy, "You need to figure this out because your driver's costing us," mm-hmm. you kind of have no choice but to to work with them. But yeah. Um, that's something that I'm going to be interested in seeing as the season goes on, because unlike last year, Travis, we are now 15 races into this season. We are not having the amount of winners that we had last year. Um, you know, where it was, Oh, so many different yeah, guys was, are winning. Yeah. Um, you know, we have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10 different winners through 15 races, which I guess is still a pretty good, pretty good rate. You know, that mm. that's only five repeat winners, but it just doesn't feel like we're going to have 16, you know, 15 different winners. Yeah. It, it just, I mean, I know that's only five more, but the tracks coming up. Uh, well, you know, now that I say that and I'm looking at the schedule, Travis, we still have Atlanta, which is considered a, a super speedway track where you just got to get the right push at the right time and you can win. We still have Daytona at the cutoff. So those two wild card races there, never mind the wild card that is Chicago street race. Who knows what to expect in that thing? Plus yeah, we have anybody does. one, two, three more road courses that you consider. So we have six more wild card races before the playoff starts. And we yeah. already have had 10 different winners this year. Yeah. So who's to say, that we won't get 16 winners again. Mm-hmm. The reason I bring this up is because Ross Chastain has not won yet this year. No. For all the news he's, he made in the first half and all the enemies, he still hasn't won. He's fifth now in points. He was first entering yesterday. He's he's now, you know, fifth in points. And you look at the, the points standings, Travis, through this point, you look at drivers who haven't won yet, you, you look at, like I said, Kevin Harvick, he's third in points. He hasn't won yet this year. 
Ross, we already mentioned, hasn't won. Brad Keselowski hasn't won. Chris Buescher, Bubba, Daniel Suarez, who won last year, Alex Bowman, and of course the the the, the big glaring one is Chase Elliott. Yeah, you know Chase Elliott's twenty eighth in points right now. He has to win mm-hmm. to make the playoffs. I think he will get a win. He's very good on the road courses, so I think that helps him out a lot. But so is a guy like AJ Allmendinger, who's twenty fourth in points. Yeah, and we know he is great on road courses. Well, you think of a guy with Chase, of course, being out injured, and then mm-hmm. now out yesterday with yep. the uh, suspension due to the incident with uh, Denny Hamlin and. During driver introductions, Denny Hamlin got some boos mm-hmm. for that. As expected. As expected. One of, if not the most popular driver, Chase Elliott. Mm-hmm. When you do something to him, you become public enemy number you one. You do. And a lot of boos for Mr. Hamlin uh, yesterday. Uh, it's kind of a mixed reaction with uh, Kyle Busch. You know, mm-hmm. there are obviously some fans out there. There seemed like to be a lot of bush fans around us yep uh where we were at so they were pretty happy and um hamlin ended up finishing in second place they're ahead of joey logano mm-hmm. for third um i think this was kind of how it went uh, last year from the perspective of you know when someone got out front and got into the clean air it seemed like they pulled away from the pack you know mm-hmm. there for the stage one and just seemed like the four cars that were uh, up there just kind of were blown by everyone. And I think it was Logano who was just so far back and he was like in fifth place or something. So Kyle Busch dominated stage one and then uh, kind of how they got switched around there and Blaney dominated stage two and ended Mm -hmm. up winning that one. And then Bush ended up winning the uh, whole thing there. So it's kind of overall when you're the leader, you kind of, pull away from the pack and kind of dominate things yeah I'm, i mean even when william byron was out there uh with the the pit situation he had some good stops and he ended up leading 30 laps even when he was leading he was out front and it was by a wide margin yeah uh, unfortunately y- i you guess hate it's that. maybe that's just what what the track is yeah it's there. it's what it's given you yeah and i'm not saying that's a good thing yeah and, and you know, we've talked about these cars and how they're not quite set up to be great at times as far as great racing cars. But, mm-hmm. yeah, it it wasn't not not a fan, not not that big of a fan, mm-hmm. we'll say. Yeah, but like I said, it looked like the uh, mistakes that the game day experience had last year. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, the long day that it made out to be with the two red flags and the two-hour rain delay, I'm not sure how many people stuck around for. Uh, Dirk Bentley, I know a lot, was headed out of the parking lot uh, from that point. So, Mm -hmm. I mean, he was supposed to go on at 8, and I don't think the race was over uh, at that point yet. So so hopefully that didn't hurt the concert too much with the Mm -hmm. race day experience there. and. I thought it was from a better perspective of getting everyone in through the gates and seemed a lot more organized uh, this year. And the uh, game day experience with the food options as well. There was plenty of food options, plenty of stands open. That could just be their mistakes from the first time around last year and also were kind of 
getting away from COVID. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. Uh, more options there. So there was plenty to do in that two hour rain delay. Well, that's good at least. So yeah, had better than there plenty of time nothing. to yes. uh, to go and look at all the food that you could purchase there. So overall, yeah, it was good. Well, good. Good day. Um, before we wrap up NASCAR here, we're now halfway through the heading into the playoffs or we'll say the regular season. So I was just going to kind of take a look overall at drivers who I think have had a good season better than last year. And some drivers who have had bad seasons that just, they're not performing like they were last year. So the first guy is Kevin Harvick. Kevin Harvick currently third in the standings. Doesn't have a win, but at this point last year, Travis, Kevin Harvick was 13th in the standings. Still didn't have a win. So, Obviously, doing much better this year, much more consistent. Seems to have a lot more speed on some of these tracks. Um, Another person is also in the Ford camp, Brad Keselowski. Brad Keselowski last year was marred in 30th place most races. He never was a playoff contender. He never was competing for wins. And this year, Travis, he's 11th in points. If the playoffs started today, he'd be in as one of the drivers without a win. So, um He's got six top tens and three top fives, and I think last year he had three top fives the whole season. So, obviously, they found something there at RFK, and he's he's definitely having a good season. Uh, Rookie Stenhouse Jr., uh, 14th in the standings right now. One Daytona, of course, but backed it up by having some good quality races elsewhere. Uh, Bubba Wallace, 15th in points right now. He's had a good year. And then uh, Ty Gibbs, the rookie. 18th in standings right now, doesn't have a win, only has four top tens. But as a rookie, you just want to come in and and have good finishes and finish, period, and stay out of the news, especially him compared to last year. He was in the news a lot, whether it be bumping his teammate out of the way, you know, speeding down pit road when a, a person was standing there, stuff like that. He We've barely said his name at all this year. Mm-hmm. which is a good thing. He had a streak, Travis, where he had four straight top 10 finishes, which is great for a rookie driver, um, very quietly doing that. So uh, I think Ty Gibbs is having a good year. Drivers who are not quite having a good year, Ross Chastain, I know he's fifth in points, but he just doesn't seem to be having the speed lately that he had at the beginning part of the year. Um, so I don't think he's having quite as good of a year as he did last year. His teammate, Daniel Suarez, doesn't have a win yet, 16th in points, Again, not quite having that great of a year. Um, Eric Almarola. This time last year, Travis, Eric Almarola was 11th in standings and would have made the playoffs at this point last year. He's 25th right now. Nowhere close to a playoff spot. Just hasn't seemed to have the speed, much like a lot of the Ford drivers. Just just hasn't had the speed. Um, and then Austin Dillon, 30th in the standings right now. Compared to his teammate, Kyle Busch, who's won four races this year, three races, and he's 30th, something's not right there at RCR with the cars or whatever the case may be. They're not on equal footing. One is getting much more preferential treatment, it feels like, than the other. Um, so. And then Chase Elliott. You know, yes, he was injured. So that's part of the reason why he's so far down in the standings is because he was injured. He missed races. But when he's been there, he hasn't had the speed of a Kyle Larson, of a William Byron, of his teammates. He just The cars haven't been as good, and he hasn't had the speed. So if I'm a Chase Elliott fan, I am very concerned that Chase will not make the playoffs. He mm. has to get a win. And right now, I don't think he has the speed in his car to get a win. 
because that nine team seems to be lagging further behind than the five and the 24. And even the 48 of Alex Bowman is beating them on most weekends just on pure speed. Now, not on finishing position, but just on speed during the race, Chase Elliott isn't up there contending for the lead most weekends. Maybe a top 10, top five, he'll comfortably slide in there, but he's not getting out front and leading laps like he needs to um, to put himself in position to, to try and win. So that, to me, is, is concerning if I'm a, a Chase Elliott fan. Um, this year, William Byron has led the most laps, Travis. He's led 717 laps. Hmm. Kyle Larson is second, 588. Third is Martin Truex Jr. with 383 laps led. Where's Chase Elliott, you ask, on this list? He has led 30 laps. All season. All season long. Now, his season's been eight races, mm-hmm. which is half of what everyone else's has been. But even so, all right, you take 30 and say, all right, half of those laps, he's still only at 60. Yeah. That's still not where his other teammates are. Even Alex um, Bowman, who missed three races, has led 47 laps, which is more than Chase Elliott. So if I'm a nine fan, I'm a little concerned about that lack of speed. Speaking of concerned, Travis. There's, there's a lot of them out there. What? Fans. Oh, yes. There's a ton of Chase Elliott fans. NASCAR's most popular driver. They're since all over. Basically, Dale Jr. left. I mean, he yeah, took, the, took the mantle right up. Yeah. Um, that's what I've heard. Only Chase has actually won a championship, unlike Dale Jr., but that's beside the point. <laughs> yeah. We won't get into that. I don't want Jr. fans to come hate me. Um. Anyways. Speaking of concern, Travis, <laughs> I'll be honest. I looked up this race, okay? And at the moment I looked it up, Tyler Reddick was running fifth. Brad Keselowski was two laps down. I said, all right, I don't need to watch this race anymore. Thank you very much. I'm not going to pay any more attention to it. Travis is going to get the win. Mm-hmm. And yeah. then Tyler Reddick hit a wall. Yep, again. Again. He brought out the first caution, and uh, of course. Uh-huh. <laughs> involved in the first accident and yeah he was back up there doing fine yep i think he even led uh, yeah a i second think he led a little bit yeah for hot second uh yeah he led yeah. four laps yeah and then hit the wall again <laughs> hit the wall and it was over yep finished 35th 35th brad keselowski finished 28th and I got the win because of it. That is the worst finishing position of anyone to get a win this year. <laughs> so, yeah, I got that distinction. However, Travis, I cl- punched the numbers this morning. Mm-hmm. You, you may not feel like it, but you're gaining. And here's why. Last time when I punched the numbers eh, about a month or two ago of where we were at average finishing position wise. I was at 9.5 with an average finish. You were at 21.2. <laughs> I did it again. I am now at 11.4. So I've dropped Have. two positions. You're at 21.2. So you are still with the same average finishing position. So you haven't lost any. Yeah. So that's something to look forward to. That's that's something to be excited about. It is something. You're only down by five, and like we said, we have so many unknowns still ahead. I'm, I, you could get a win here. Yeah. There's anywhere to get a win. 
<sighs> I will say this. I have the rest of my season planned out up to the playoffs, unless you take one of my drivers, in which case I'll have no idea what I'm doing. So, Wow. Yeah, I'm not planning that far ahead. Oh, I'm planned. I'm ready to go. <laughs> Starting this weekend with Sonoma, and we will make our picks on Friday for that. Yeah, Sonoma. First road course since uh, we were at Road America. Oh, California. Yep. That was that was you won that one, Travis. Last time we were out there on a road course. Yeah. You picked Michael McDowell, and he finished twelfth for you. Mm. So I'll try to do try to do it again. Yeah. On a road course. Yes. <laughs> out in Sonoma, and then we go Sonoma, Nashville, and then the Chicago Street Course. But yep. hey, there's an off weekend in between because we have to have Father's Day weekend off. Oh yeah. Our only off season of off week of the entire season. So. It's also when we switch uh, TV providers. Starting in Nashville, it'll be NBC. Mm. So Sonoma's the final race for Fox this year. Mm. See so that. We'll go to NBC for Nashville, Chicago Street Race, and Atlanta. What three crazy different tracks? <laughs> Chicago Street Course. Here he comes. Travis, I am dreading in a this. Month. I am dreading this. I just, yeah, I just want to see... See how well, hearing reports from drivers, they're talking about how this track is there's so many blind spots and how drivers are scared to go through there by themselves, let alone passing somebody. So <laughs> that has me very that's, worried. Yeah, that's not great. No, no, not, not great at all. to hear. No, so <laughs> I'll look forward to that in about a, a month. But yep. like July said, 4th weekend, Sonoma, Sonoma Next. this weekend. Sunday. Yep. So there you go. All righty. That's uh, it's gonna do it. Yes. It's gonna wrap up NASCAR and wrap up the show. Wrap up the show. So let me turn this up as we uh, get on out of here. As we play this out. Thanks for listening. Thanks for downloading. We'll be back tomorrow. Until then, peace out. Peace out.